You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today we're going to talk about a new way. And this this theme God has been talking to us about for a long time, probably a year, maybe two years, who knows. Um, it's hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up. As uh, somebody says, I've slept since then. So, you know. But I really, I find that this is so critical for us to grab a hold of and understand that there is a new way of things being done. And we have to follow the new way, which is led by the spirit in order for us to step into God's way in everything that we do in our life. And I'm going to open up with Isaiah 43, verse 18. And we know this scripture Uh, But I I just, like I said, I'm excited about this because God has something for us that we are mentally unaware of, but spiritually prepared. You know, our mind cannot conceive what God has planned for us, but our spirit is ready to release the plans of God that he has put in us. So uh, Isaiah 43, verse 18, it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. And that's what he wants to break off of us. And even Gene, when he was praying over uh, Matt and Caitlin, we're, 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 we're breaking off the former things, the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It is time to move into the new operational uh, process of God. You know, we go through cycles and seasons. Some of them are 20 years, some of them are 10, some of them are 50 years where it is the, um, we are in the same flow. We're in the same process and it works for that amount of time. But then God wants to transition us from what has worked into a new working to a greater level for a greater expansion for what he has for us. 
But that transition period is very difficult for us because when it's built into our systems, we know that when it's built into our systems, we've talked about building uh, new neuropathways. Our brain develops neuropathways that operate off the same element every single day, every single moment. And when we build new neural pathways, it's like going off-roading. Instead of going down 19 every time, we're going to take the back roads all the way through Tarpon. You know, it's going a different route, and we have to build new systems in order to find that new route. And that's what we're, we're learning to operate in. And we operate in the newness by leaning into what does the word say? And we read this scripture, which we've read it many times. It's been prophesied many times in different seasons that God is doing a new thing. But when we look, when we hear the word, many times we attach this scripture to something of the past that God broke through a new thing for us. But what we have to do is acknowledge that as a testimony of what God's done in order for us to release and move forward to the new thing that God wants to do for us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's good. So we're going to operate out of what does the word say and allow God to bring a fresh understanding for what the new way is God wants to do. You know, uh, uh, last Saturday, God said, I want you to start praying in tongues. You know, just set your timer, pray in tongues, and then take communion. So the first day I did it, I read the word, set my timer, prayed in tongues, and took communion. Then the next day, he goes, no, I want you to do that first. So I prayed in the spirit, took communion, then I read the word. The word began to be like fat and expanded. It was different. Because I had prepared my spirit, my soul, and my mind to receive what the word was going to say ahead of time. Right. And I was like, oh, I've never done that before. In all these years, I've never done it like that. But God wants to do, my tradition was I'd read the word, pray in the spirit, take communion. But God wants to do a new thing. And I would encourage you guys to do that. And you can do it for two minutes, you can do it for five minutes, you can do it for an hour, whatever your space and time allows whatever the Spirit's leading you to do. But I've been doing that every morning, and all of a sudden, the Word has just, like I said, it's like when you read the Word, it's like the Word new becomes this fat, expanded Word, and all of a sudden, there's all this revelation dripping off just one Word new. Just like your pickle word. There's all this joy dripping off your pickle word because, because God knew that pickle was going to tickle you, right? <laughs> so it's just all of a sudden. So I would encourage you guys to do that because God wants to develop a new operating system in us for the season that we're in. Yeah. And I've been spending a lot of time in 2 Kings, so that's where we're going to go today, 2 Kings 2. Um, the other thing we want to look for is... The, what does the word say? What is the pattern found in the word? You know, many times we'll read a word, but we don't have the context of scripture for that word. Sometimes we need to understand what is the pattern within the word. And we also need to understand 
what is God's nature and character about this situation? Because sometimes what we're looking for the answer, we can't find the specific thing in the word, but we can find patterns about it. We can find uh, the nature and character of God in response to it. So sometimes we have to look deeper than in order to find out what is the way that God has for us. So we're going to talk a little bit about barrenness, barrenness, B-A-R-R-E-N-N-E-S-S. That's like spelling Mississippi. That took a while. But sometimes when a southerner says barrenness, nobody quite understands what they say. So 2 Kings 2, we're going to start in verse 19. And we're going to look at a couple's just short pieces of scripture that talks about this. And, uh, and actually, I'll probably use some of the testimonies just to reinforce this. Verse 19, it says, Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground is barren. And he said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought to him, so they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water and cast the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed the water from, from, from it. There shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. So we have barren land. You know, if the water's bad, that means the ground can't produce because they need the water for everything to, to raise. So Elisha took a bowl and salt, and I think we've talked about this before, and threw it into the water. Well, it took time for the salt to saturate the water, which saturated the ground, which made the ground fruitful again. So he broke the barrenness with a new way. It wasn't in the manual. It wasn't something that Elijah had done, had taught him to do. It was something that was out of the realm of the ordinary. And we have to learn to move out of the realm of the ordinary. It is. It's good. What I've been seeing, and we'll, like I said, we're going to go through a little piece of Elijah. We'll probably go to verse 8, but I'm just going to pick out a few scriptures. But what we're going to see patterns of God moving through Elisha in a way that had breakthrough from the barrenness that people encountered in order for them to be fruitful, not only for them, but for the generation to come. And we've talked about this a lot. We're in a season where barrenness is coming against us. And I even went back and looked at the gas prices for the last 20 years. I was just curious because we know we go through cyclical patterns uh, of highs and lows in economic situations. And I think I looked in 2010 was the highest gas price was right at $4. Of course, we're creeping close to $5 now. But where there is barrenness in economic situations out there, there is breakthrough from barrenness 
for economic situations here, just like we yeah. talked about. People are buying houses and you're not supposed to be able to afford a house. Well, God is our economic provider. He does the amortization of our house plan, right? Yeah. And uh, that's what we have to remember. It is the word. We find the pattern of the word and we lay it across the pattern that's coming against the word being fulfilled. And we are able to have breakthrough because we stand on the word, not on what man says. We don't stand on what the bank says. We don't, we don't stand on what um, our boss says. You know, I'm hoping for a buck. He's like, no, half four and a quarter, 435, whatever it is. We, we, we stand on the fact that God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever dream or imagine. In every situation, in every occurrence, at every moment of every day, right? So let's look at um, 2 Kings 4, and we're going to go to verse 14. And we're just looking because Elisha encountered different patterns of barrenness in different forms. So 14. He's, uh, this woman has taken care of him, her and her husband. So he says, what is it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appropriate time had come, of which Elisha had told her. So there was a broken of barrenness there. And, you know, it's interesting when we think about that. And I want to read a scripture out of, oh, I'm going to read two other scriptures before we go there. But what I want to do is I want to take the pattern of Elisha and what he encountered and lay a scripture from Exodus over top of it where we'll see how the patterns of God in his word provided the verbal breaking of barrenness yeah. for Elisha because the pattern had been set by God already. Amen. 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 So let's look at two others. Uh, this is, let me back up to, um, um, I'm so excited because I know God wants to do something this morning. And he's like, just get the word out. And then we'll, but you know how you get so excited because you can feel the presence of God. You know, even in the testimonies, you can feel the momentum of God moving. You can feel that he has something for every person in here. Not one person has to walk out without fulfillment. Not one person has to walk out without a breaking off of what has come against them. As Michelle testified, the Lord told her that this is not only the breaking off of this severe allergy, but it is the repayment for everything that the locust has stolen. Everything that has been stolen is being repaid. And we will touch on that too, because I love people when the testimonies actually fulfill my sermon, then I'm like, God, you make it so easy. Why do you make it so easy? He's like, because I'm your dad. 
I take care of my children, right? Right? Okay, let's see if we can get this together. I'm like shaking. <laughs> uh, 2 Kings 4, we are going to go back to 2 Kings 4. And I just want to talk about the uh, widow's oil. So here's the widow. She doesn't have anything to provide for her family. Uh, you know, her husband's dead. You know, she's just in a bad place. And Elijah asked her in verse 2, so Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? We know that sometimes provision comes out of the small thing that we already have, right? There's a small thing that we can put an anointing on that we can speak to, that we can say, okay, multiply in the name of Jesus. So I will have abundantly more than I ever could imagine, right? So she goes through this process with him. But what's so interesting about this, and as I was going through and praying through it, is not only did she, was she able to provide for her sons and pay off her debt, all of her neighbors gave her vessels. So there was cooperation in the community in order for her to have provision for her family and beyond. And, you know, sometimes we have to reach out beyond ourselves and say, I am in this little circle that I cannot get out of. Can you help me? And many times as believers, we hate to ask for help because we think we should be so self-sufficient and that if Jesus wanted to do it for me, he'd do it for me. But sometimes he wants to do it for you through someone else. Someone he sometimes he someone has the extra that they can give to you in order for you to not only make it, but break it in order to go forward. So we got to shake off that I'm okay. I don't need anything. Yeah. Nope. I got it. Everything. I ain't got no money, but I don't need yours. You know, sometimes we have to shake off the fact that. We don't want to take from someone else, but it's, it's their sowing into us that blesses and multiplies them and blesses and multiplies us. So they were able to take every vessel, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it till there were no vessels. It wasn't like they ran out of the oil and they had some vessels left over. It wasn't like they had more oil and there weren't no vessels. God worked it out where it all was even. And then they had plenty to pay off their debt and to live off of and to take care of the man of God. They took care of him first. And we're going to pray into that because we want a breaking off of debt. A breaking off of debt. We want God's multiplication over our financial situation so that we don't have car payments, we don't have house payments, that we have a breakthrough in our finances. Okay. Shoo. Second Kings 5. This will be our last one, and then we're going to talk about Exodus for a minute. Second Kings 5, verse 9. So Naaman... He is a Syrian. He has leprosy. And you know, I did some research on that. He doesn't have leprosy because he sinned. He has leprosy because he has leprosy. Because he was not, you know, in their culture, they did not oust them from the community. He was a commander. So he went out, won wars, and then came back. And it took the word of the servant 
that was actually taken from her home to serve Naaman's wife to say, you know, there's a prophet in Israel that can heal you. So he goes to the prophet, and of course he is upset. This is uh, verse 9. It says, Then Naaman went with his horses and his chariots, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away. Sometimes when God tells us what to do, we're like, we ain't going to do that, God. I might have said this last week. I, sometimes I know we do. We say, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> he said, indeed, I said to myself, he'll surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the place and heal me of leprosy, right? That's the way we want it all to work all the time. Instant, instant, instant. But when you think about the time, I looked this up because it's uh, by car. Of course, he had to come by horse and, and, and carriages from Syria to Israel by car. It's 10 hours. So it probably took him a month to get there, weeks to get there. And even when he finally decides, I'm going to go wash in the Jordan, it's an hour and a half from where he was to get there. So that was probably a day's travel. I mean, it probably took some time, and he, but he did. And, of course, he was made clean, and all the leprosy was gone. So this is the word from Exodus. It's Exodus 23. And this is why we have to know the word. We have to be able to dig out. You can Google and say, you know, how many times did this happen? You know, Google gives you access to information that you may not be able to find in your Bible just naturally. So, so Google's a great help. I Google all the time because uh, I'll say, where is the scripture about? And I'll use a, a key word from it. It may list 20, but I'll eventually find it. As a pastor, people think I have the whole Bible memorized. I have people come to me say all the time, say, so where's that scripture that says da, da, da? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know. Sometimes I can get an area. You know, I think it's like the middle of Matthew or something. But usually I'm like, let's Google it together. See, what a gift we have. So Exodus 23, verse 25. It says, worship the Lord your God, and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you, and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full life span. Now, remember, we've been talking about the Moses anointing, living to 120, where our eyes don't grow dim and our body doesn't lose its vigor. So here we go. Here's the word for the barrenness. So we, there's, when you need a breakthrough, find a word and lay it over your breakthrough. Because it is the word that will activate and bring your breakthrough about. So we find that word, we lay it across it, so we don't have to think about barrenness because we have the word of the Lord that will break the barrenness, whether it's over our finances, whether it's over our physical sickness, just like whether it's over the woman who could not get pregnant, no matter what it was, that scripture will activate the breaking off of any barrenness in your land. 
So we have to use the word as our weapon in this. We have to look at the patterns. We have to look at the character of God over this. We're going to look at two other things, and then, then we'll be done. Then we're going to pray. Second uh, Kings 6, 14. And this is just a PS, a mention, because we're trying to learn a new way. So Elisha, uh, the king is of, uh, I think it's Syria, is mad at Elisha because he knows what he's saying in his bedroom and he's warning the king of Israel so they can never engage in battle with them. So he sends a whole army after Elisha, one man. And we have talked about this before, but this is the point I want to make. Elisha's servant is afraid. So he asks the Lord, open his eyes so he can see. He opens his eyes and he sees an army of the Lord surrounding them. Okay? But they never use that army. He, God lets the servants see it. But if you read on, it says uh, in verse 17, it says, And Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mount was full of horses and chariots and fire. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so when the Syrians came down, the horses and the chariots and the fire didn't attack them. The word of Elisha, strike this people, I pray, with blindness. So what was the point of seeing all the rest? Who knows? God is good, and he likes to open our eyes to things. We can ask God to open our eyes to see around it. But then he takes this, this army, on a, uh, he takes them on this path, leads them uh, to Israel, and then it's so funny when the king in verse 21, it says, when the king of Israel saw them, these blind guys, this army that he led in, he said to Elisha, my father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? And Elisha says, no, you shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow? No, you feed them a feast and then you send them home. Now think about this. Our mind says, even in the patterns of the Lord, in the, they were to destroy their enemies, except when they weren't. So we have to lean into what God's new way is in this in order for us to follow what he wants for them. Because when he sent them home, they never attacked Israel again. That was the battle plan. We're going to blind them. We're going to throw a feast. We're going to send them home and bless them. They'll never bother us again. Now, was that the pattern from now on? No, you read on and you'll see war after war after war. That was not the pattern, but that was the way for them. And learning the way for then is what we have to understand. We need the way for today. Maybe yesterday this worked. But today I went and bought salmon because that's what I heard by the hearing of my ear. I bought Benadryl because that's what I know with my brain. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I know with my brain. I ate it. I checked myself. I'm okay. 
And she even said, she had told me later, she said, I even had friends call me that night to make sure, are you, are you still okay? Are you still okay? Because it was a new way which upset our mind understanding, but God wanted to create a whole breakthrough of barrenness for seafood so that she could go forward. And could she have lived without seafood? Yes. Could she continue the life she had in being careful not to be around it? Yes. But God said, no. I'm breaking that demonic pattern against you. And I am not only going to break it, but I'm going to replenish and restore everything that has happened to you. And how do you restore years of not being able to eat fish? I don't know, but I cannot wait to see, right? I don't know. In our logical mind, we're thinking, okay, restore those fish. I don't know. Better heart measurements. I don't know. But you know what? When God says, I'm going to restore all those years, it's going to look like something she would never understand. She would never be able to explain. She would never be able to write in a book. God's going to restore it this way. No, just like when he blinded the guys, the king of Israel's like, let's just go ahead and kill him. He's like, no, let's feed him and send him home because we'll be blessed for the rest of the time. But it was a new way that God wanted to do things. This is so good. God is just like talking to me about this. Okay, we're going to do one other, and then I think we'll be done. 2 Kings 6.20. So, uh, and I'll just, like I said, I'll just give a little summary of it. Uh, um, is that the right scripture? We just did that one. Okay. Uh, oh, here we go. 24. I love my next note. And, uh, and it happened after this. So they're in a famine. A terrible famine. It's so bad that I, I looked up what the quantity was. A pint of dove droppings, which we saw a lot of that in New Orleans. A pint is what people were buying to eat. Ugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's called one-fourth of a nab of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. And they were doing other things. They even boiled a child to divide and eat. It was so bad, so bad there. I mean, when you think about that level of famine where there was nothing, but the word of the Lord comes in and he says in uh, chapter seven, verse one, thus Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord tomorrow. And I want everybody to say tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow, about this time, a seth of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seths of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now, that was actually a good price. That means the famine was over. And the way that they got it to do that tomorrow is they used four lepers to break open the provision by spying out the Syrians' camp. The Lord caused the Syrians to think they heard an army, horses and chariots coming after them, so they fled. And these four lepers go in 
and they're in heyday. Look, we got law. And then they're like, we better share it before they kill us. Yeah. <laughs> we better share it before they kill us. And the next thing you know, they're willing to risk because they had nothing to lose. They said, we stay here, we die, we go to the Syrians, we die one way or the other, we're going to die. And God's like, nope, I'm going to use you people who are willing to risk everything to bring the breakthrough to a nation. Isn't that funny how God works? He gives a word for breakthrough, and then behind the scenes, he uses things that we would have never expected. So... The last part of this is I want us to remember that when there's a word of breakthrough, sometimes there's a gestation period, a waiting period, because it takes time to get everything in place for the breakthrough to come your way. So when you declare over your word, declare over your situation, I need breakthrough, I need breakthrough, here's the word of, the God, of God on it. Just like Naaman had to travel weeks to go get his breakthrough, sometimes there is a time frame of waiting, of gestation for the promise to come alive because there's alignment that has to happen. So I don't want us to get discouraged over the timing of God to bring the breakthrough for us because God is going to restore what we've lost as Michelle shared, but he's also going to use our declarations, our uh, tenacity, our contending, our waiting, our prayer in order to bring everything in alignment for the receiving of what he's going to do for us. We can't get weary in waiting because we know that God is going to fulfill what he has promised us. But we have to be active in participation in what he's going to do with us. We have to fight it with the word. We have to keep declaring over it. We have to go through these and look at patterns of where someone got breakthrough because that's where you need breakthrough. We have to be in partnership with what God wants to do. And we have to be willing to risk beyond our mind in order to follow the spirit. Amen. So let's pray about a couple of things. Uh, I do want to pray about a couple of things. Like I said, I think there's an anointing. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. We're going to pray about sickness. And um, how do we want to do this? If you guys will stand. And Jean, I'm going to have you come up too because I feel like you're going to have something too. You want to grab that mic? So I want to pray about sickness. And, um, you know, we saw Naaman uh, who had leprosy, who no fault of his own. He just had it. And uh, so anybody who needs healing, I'm just going to have you raise your hand and we're just going to pray a breaking through over that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Lord. So, Father, where there is, the phrase I got this morning, where there is a barrenness in health, there is a breaking off of that barrenness for wholeness. 
And so, Jesus, we just stand on your word here. Even in Exodus, it said that when we worship you, when we follow you, that there will be no sickness among us. And every sickness that has come, if it is um, a spirit of infirmity, we command it to leave. If it is a misalignment of our body, we command it to come into order. We speak the word over it that by your stripes we are healed and that every part of our body has to come into alignment with a full health and wholeness. God, we're asking that our physical exam get 100%, that that everything within us, that's what I see is I see a medical pad and 100% written on it, that everything within us operates in order of 100%, that not one thing is out of order. There's no endocrine system out of order. That's what I kept seeing where there is uh, Uh, the endocrine, which is the uh, thyroid, all of those things, Lord, we just declare right now, it is not out of order. All the hormonal systems in Jesus' name have to work in perfect order, that they will not be against uh, how you've designed us, Lord. And even everything... I saw two other words. uh, Testosterone comes back into alignment and uh, age... Um, uh, age, like demarcation, you know, age lines where they say at this age, you're going to do that. We just cancel that curse and we reverse it and saying that everything will be restored to full order. And just like Moses, our eyes are not going to grow dim, Lord. Our body will not lose its vigor. We call eyesight back into perfection to 2020, Lord. And even uh, the eyes in the spiritual realm to open up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In, in the area of health, I was hearing about uh, immune, immune deficiencies and immune systems uh, being strengthened and uh, even being uh, just miraculously restored. Yeah. So in the name of Jesus, I just speak to the immune systems right now of every person in here. God, th- those that have been deficient, those that have been weak, those that have been broken. Father God, I just thank you, Father, for healing, Lord God, and restoring uh, a, a, a immune systems. And, and for some of you, that's going to actually, uh, is there being released a creative miracle that's yeah, actually Jesus. going to cause the immune system just for absolutely for for no natural reason it's just going to be there it's going to be strong it's, it's going to uh, uh, not only help you uh, c- combat uh, illnesses that are going on in your body but also prevent illness so father I thank you Lord God in Jesus name for the strengthening of immune systems right now and then the other thing I was getting and it was funny because uh, you uh, the verse of scripture you read this morning was about uh, uh, Elijah bringing the putting the salt Mm-hmm. And and, I, and this morning I was actually listening to a message and meditating on salt. Mm-hmm. When Jesus said, "You are the salt of the earth," and this is what the Lord spoke to me. He, he said, "He says there's three uh, uh, three attributes of salt that that uh, you need to remember. Number one, it, it is it is it brings flavor, of course. Uh, it brings it. It doesn't change the flavor of food. It enhances the flavor of food, right?" But then there's also the, the healing uh, aspect of salt, the healing, purifying, and, preserva- and pre- preservation property of salt. But then the other thing 
the Lord spoke to me. He says, salt brings value. When you read in the, in the Old Testament about the, the uh, different offerings they were to offer, uh, many of them included salt. Mm-hmm. And salt not only preserved the meat that was being offered, but salt was a very expensive mineral. It actually could be used as a form of currency uh, in, in, in biblical times. And, and so this is what the Lord was speaking to me. He says, my people are the salt of the earth. They're going to Bring, they're going to bring enhancement to the places where I send them. They're going to bring purification, healing, and, pre, and, and preservation to the places that I send them. And number three, he says they're going to bring value to the places. Folks, I just hear right now that there's a lot of God's people, they don't know their worth. Okay, they don't know your value. They, they, and uh, you know, and and I'm telling you, people will begin to see your value, Amen. In a, in a greater measure, just like uh, uh, Donna, you know, she thought, well, it'd be great if I get a dollar. She got, you know, she got four a four dollar and some change raise. Why? Because salt brings value. Hallelujah! And people will pay more, Amen, to get you in their camp where you can where you. You can help them because you bring value. God is opening doors for many of his people because there's a, there is a, 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 a value that God has placed upon you that's even higher than what you've placed upon yourself, and it's supernatural. So, Father, we release, God, the salt of the earth, your people, Father God, to bring the healing, to bring the, 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 the flavor, and to bring value yeah. in the place places where you put them in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And the other word that we read was how the, uh, uh, the water was bad. And, uh, as Jean was praying, I just kept saying that there have been bad investments, bad decisions, and it's made, uh, our ability to be fruitful, to produce both economically, emotionally, it's made it difficult because it's, it was bad. And, and we just are going to uh, just release the fullness of good over it. We're going to agree that there will be restoration over what Ever it was the bad investment, the bad decision, the you know, if you in hindsight I wouldn't have done it again. We're we're releasing all regret, we're releasing all uh, worry over it, and we're restoring plus some in the name of the Lord that that you will not have to hold on to that and that will not weigh you down a decision from the past, an investment of the past that it will just and what I keep seeing is. Um, one of the things I see is a bad decision that you continue to beat yourself up over. I don't know if that's anybody here. So we're just going to release that bad decision and receive the restoring and the renewing of the Lord. The other thing I see was a bad investment in a house that has cost you where you weren't able to go forward. So Lord, we just break off those, uh, th- those, those bad things and we just release the restoration of, and restore of all those things in Jesus name. And um, yeah, and I want to pray for financial things because I believe that this was really part of the message too, that there, I keep hearing that song by uh, Trisha Cobb, that there's a shifting in our favor. 
So we just shift the economic in our favor. And, and just like with Donna's raise, we, we put a demand to do it again, Lord, over us. And the one thing I want to pray for is housing uh, to be provided, if you're looking for a house, for that house to be found and provided, and a paying off of houses and cars and debts. Um, I know we shared that Chuck and I were able to pay off our house surprisingly in 2021 and our cars, both the same year. And that was just just a multiplication of all our hard work that God did. And uh, there's freedom in being debt-free. Yeah. So, Lord, we want to be a body that with a debt-free anointing, that you will show us not only how to spend, but also you will multiply what's in our hand, just like the widow. You multiplied what she had, and she was able to not only pay all her debt off, but to have full provision for the future. So, Lord, we just release that anointing now, and that for each household, you will show them exactly how it works for them. In Jesus' name. Okay, I think that's it. So, Father, we just thank you that you've given us the way. And the way is called Jesus. And you're defining in us a new way to function in this season for our children, for our community, for our future. And that everything that looks like is barren around us, we have the power to break it with the word. We have the power to release it from us so we are fruitful and we multiply, Lord. In sickness, we are whole. In poverty, we have plenty of provision. In every aspect of our life, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.